Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true potterheads. Each week we discuss the series chapter by chapter with all of our knowledge of the Harry Potter wizarding world. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Robin. And I'm Bayana. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the books. Today we are discussing chapter 12 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Polyjuice Potion. We have some announcements and reminders. We want this podcast to be interactive and we want it to be a conversation. Please share your thoughts and feel free to tweet along with us as we go through these chapters. Use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be Black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? I'm working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a Black Hogwarts student. Um, You can submit um, by emailing us at weblackandnerds at gmail.com. You can check out the website, blackgirlsnerdout.com, for guidelines. You can also see some of the um, earlier Hogwarts BSU posts that have gone up. Um, Check those out. Love our blog, love Wizard Team, have a few extra galleons. Uh, you can now help us out because we're on Patreon. You can go to www.patreon.com slash blackgirlsnerdout to read all about all of the cool levels that you can pledge at and what you get for pledging. And we appreciate any galle- galleons, galleons that you can spare and um, send our way so that we can continue to do awesome things like this and do even more things like me going to WonderCon. Sorry. Well, you have already gone by the time this goes out. I went to WonderCon. <laughs> Sorry, it's timey-wimey. <laughs> um, if you want to support us but can't commit to a monthly donation, we also have an Amazon affiliate link um, where you can go about your regular shopping, but we get a little money from it. So it's no extra money from you, but extra money for us. Um, you can go to amzn.to forward slash bgno. Um, yeah. And shop till you drop mm-hmm. or until, you know, you got all your stuff and yeah. then you don't need anything else and then you can check out. You know how shopping works. <laughs> um, we also, if you don't have anything to shop for this week... Uh, we have set up a PayPal account for quick one-time donations. So you can go to paypal.me slash bgno. We're making it as easy as possible for you to give us some galleons or shekels or sickles or nuts um, for your favorite, your two favorite witches doing some some of your favorite witch things or wizard things. I don't know how you roll. I don't know your life. I don't know. Um, I don't know also, subscribe to our newsletter. Um, every week we share nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com um, to do so. Also, tinyletter.com forward slash BGNO works as well. Work! Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. So those are all of our announcements. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at we Black and Nerds, and like us on Facebook, Black Girls Nerd Out. And let's get into the news. What's um, happening in the Potter fandom? Again, um, happy Witches History Month. Um, it's Women's History Month, so we're celebrating by honoring all the witches and wizards. Uh, the witches of the wizarding world. Um, you can check out our Twitter and Facebook for the shout-outs every day. Also, Magical this, birthdays! This Sunday is James Potter's birthday. 
Happy birthday, James. Also, shout out to Aries. If you are into that sort of thing. I am, because that's what I am. Okay. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. No. You stood up to the Dark Lord, and it didn't Stevie go so Wonder well. Version. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. You stood up to the Dark Lord. You stood up to the Dark Lord and gave us Harry Potter. Happy birthday. And you married Lily. You married Lily and Sirius was your best friend. Happy birthday. And you knew Remus. You made the dumb mistake of making Peter a secret keeper. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, James. Happy birthday, James. Happy birthday. That was awesome. And y'all didn't want me to sing uh, this music. podcast. Oh, uh, music. <laughs> <A> magic. Greater <laughs> than all we <laughs> do here. <laughs> I used to hate when my brother would, like, put my names in songs and stuff. Like, it used to drive me mad. That's funny. And I think I got that gift from him. But I'm better at it than him, as I am with everything that he handed down to me. Okay. <laughs> Chapter 12. The Polyjuice Potion. Previously on Wizard Team, um, Justin Flinch Fletchley and Nearly Headless Nick have been added to the tally. Petrified. Uh, petrified members of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. But they still ain't told nobody's mama. They still ain't told nobody's mama. Um, McGonagall is now taking Harry to Dumbledore's office so that Dumbledore can deal with whatever is happening and why Harry seems to be in the wrong place at the wrong time every single time that this has happened. So. Questions that need answers. They stepped off the stone staircase at the top and Professor McGonagall rapped on the door. It opened silently and they entered Professor McGonagall told Harry to wait and left him there alone. No explanation. Nah, but also, like, Harry is nosy. He is. He needs supervision. He totally needs supervision. You can't just leave him in someone's office alone. Remember what happened with Filch? Yeah. Mrs. Norris got petrified. Even if you don't think he's the heir of Slytherin, which I'm sure McGonagall doesn't think that because she's got sense. But, like, you know, he could be. Mm -hmm. And he's always up in somebody's mail. Anyway... Harry looked around. One thing was certain. <laughs> at the very least. He's always, he's not <laughs> a dark the, wizard, but he's all up in people's mail. He's all so. up, at the very least, he's <laughs> all up in people's stuff. Um, one thing was certain. Of all the teachers' offices Harry had visited so far this year, Dumbledore's was by far the most interesting. Pause. Of all, close reading, guys. Of all the teachers' offices Harry had visited so far this year, because let's count, flew the car into the whooping willow. Snape's office. Found Miss Norris hanging. Airslave. Lockhart's office. Before that, the oh, detention because det- he had to. Had muddy clothes. Filch's office. Filch's office. And then also Lockhart's office um, for detention with the, and then also after um, Mrs. Norris. Yeah. Yeah. And now Dumbledore's office. Four teachers' office. Has he been to McDonald's yet? No. I mean, that was last year, but you know. Yeah. It's early. It's early. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not early. We got, you know, but we still have seven. In the, in the calendar year, it counts. Yeah, it does in the calendar year. Yes. Um, but, you know, we got seven more chapters, so who's to say he won't be? Actually, I'm pretty sure he is going to be in McGonagall's office, but I don't think he's going to be sent there. Anywho, that's uh-huh. neither here nor there. It is 
December and he's talking about, well, of all the teacher's offices I've been in this year, mm-hmm. this one's nice or interesting. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't been scared out of his wits that he was about to be thrown out of school, he would have been very pleased to have a chance to look around it. It's not your... What? No. You can't sit down and wait. It was a large and beautiful circular room full of funny little noises. A number of curious silver instruments stood on spindle-legged tables whirring and emitting little puffs of smoke. The walls were covered with portraits of old headmasters and headmistresses, all of whom were snoozing gently in their frames. And there was also an enormous claw-footed desk and sitting on a shelf behind it, a shabby, tattered wizard's hat. The sorting hat. Um, it's in the middle of the day. So do, like, are portraits like cats? Like, they just sleep, or like pets? You know, they just sleep most of the time because they ain't got nothing else to do. I was scared of it too because, like, in, I know, like, Later on in books, sometimes they pretend to be asleep. Mm-hmm, but they're just listening but they're just, and yeah. dropping. But in. usually it's pretty clear if they're pretending because they're not very good at it. Yeah, they're just looking around. Yeah, they're like peeking under their eyes, like yeah, snoring hella loud for no reason. <laughs> Harry no snores that loud. Armando Dippet. Armando Dippet has <laughs> issues. <laughs> Whew, but he comes in. He comes in clutch. Um, Harry hesitated. He cast a wary eye around the sleeping witches and wizards on the walls. Surely it couldn't hurt if he took the hat down and tried it on again, just to see, just to make sure it had put him in the right house. Why? You're in the house you're in. Move forward. Don't Um, move past. He put it on. Be in your bonnet, Harry Potter. Er, yes, he murdered. Er, sorry to bother you. I wanted to ask. You've been wondering whether I put you in the right house. Yes, you were particularly difficult to place, but I stand by what I said before. You would have done well in Slytherin. Harry's stomach plummeted. He grabbed the point of the hat and pulled it off. So he didn't let the, He didn't even let it finish. Because I'm sure he would have reassured him that you were in the, the right, right house. house. And he... Also, I think you had said this, and it's really stuck with me, that the hat never said that he would do well in Slytherin. Um, no, he said he, well he would do well, but he never... Said he, that he was in Slytherin. Going, yeah, it wasn't like, I'm going to place you in Slytherin. Mm-hmm. It was... You Harry brought it up. You know, Harry was thinking, not Slytherin, not Slytherin. Mm-hmm. And so the hat was reassuring him, I, or what he thought to be reassurance, you could do well in Slytherin. And I also think saying, like, you should be in Slytherin and you would do well in Slytherin are two different things. They are. You know, it's like, and we've always talked about, like, Gryffindor and Slytherin are kind of two sides of the same coin. And it's like, you would do well in, like, you're doing well in Gryffindor, but that doesn't mean that you would have not done well in Slytherin. Right. Um, and... A lot of that also comes from, like, we talked about the portrayal of Molson Bolstrode and um, Marcus Flint earlier. Like, they're not a particularly attractive or inviting lot, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that, you know, Blaze isn't there. In so, he you know. He's a, he's a bigot, but he's fine, though. <laughs> I know. He's fine. <laughs> but he's fine, though. Why is that, like, a thing? Never but mind. he's fine, though. We're not going to have that discussion. Um... um so, you're wrong, he said out loud to the still and silent hat. It didn't move. Harry backed away watching it. Then a strange gagging noise made him wheel around. He wasn't alone after all. Standing on a golden perch behind the door was a decrepit-looking bird that resembled a half-plucked turkey. <laughs> so rude. Harry thought it looked very ill. Its eyes were dull, and even as Harry watched, a couple more feathers fell out of its tail. Harry was just thinking that all he needed was for Dumbledore's pet bird to die while he was alone in the office when it when the bird burst in flames. 
Harry yelled in shock and backed away in, and into the desk. He looked around feverishly in case there was a glass of water or something, but he couldn't see one. The bird, meanwhile, had become a fireball. It gave one loud shriek, and the next second there was nothing but a smoldering pile of ash on the floor. I wonder if he would have found some water and he, like, doused Fox in Burning Fox? Day. Like, like oh, yeah. No. <laughs> would he have accidentally you killed Fox? You know what I mean? Fox? Like, would he have been like, oh, my God. You know, like... <laughs> And then or, maybe, is, or maybe the water wouldn't have worked. Yeah. I mean, it still would have burned or something. Yeah. There's, like, something weird about, like, even when the doctor regenerates, um, you know, like, he'll need tea or he'll need, like, a special, you know, fish yeah. fingers and custard or whatever. Um, but I wonder if, but also, like, his hand got cut off and it grew back. I was going to say, there's also a moment in the middle of... Um, when he, if he like gets, if he gets like harmed in the middle of regeneration, yeah. that then he can die for real. For real, yeah. So that's the other thing. Maybe that's a similar thing to Phoenix. I never really thought of comparing the Doctor to a Phoenix. That makes sense though. Yeah, they regenerate. Yeah. Um. Just not with fire, but with like yellow light. <laughs> and I mean, it's kind of fiery it when they. Is fire. <laughs> <laughs> I just reenacted a regeneration. I don't want to go. <laughs> go. Go. Sad. Um, Don't tell he always, David Tennant to go. What is? I love my doctor says he always says that and rolls his eyes. Um, Rude. Professor, your bird. I couldn't do anything. It just caught fire. About Dumbledore smiled. About time too. He's been looking dreadful for days. I've been telling him to get a move on. <laughs> I kind of wish that like companion had stayed with the doctor long enough to be like, all right, look, I'm gonna need you to. I need you to regenerate because this is <laughs> you looking right. You're looking a little rough. bad, bro. You're looking rough. Ooh, right, looking rough. right. That's all you. All the companions are always like, like don't do, don't go, don't are regenerate. Like, but at some point, you'd be like, you know what? I think it's time. About the time. The Matt. I would love during Christmas. Like it was just like, bruh. It was about that time. I would love for it to have a new companion who would like when it's about when it's time to regenerate. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I think you need a new start. Like, yeah. But then that would have to be like a very like boring regeneration of like I lived a long life and Well, no, I think it, I think it could be potentially interesting. Um Yeah, I don't know. I think it could be interesting. Yeah, I agreed. Them to die and are reborn from the ashes. Watch him. Harry looked down in time to see a tiny, a tiny wrinkled newborn bird poke his poke its head out of the ashes. It was quite as ugly as the old one. It's a shame you had to see him on a burning day, said Dumbledore. He's really very handsome most of the time. Wonderful red and gold plumage. Fascinating creatures, phoenixes. They can carry immensely heavy loads. Their tears have healing powers, and they make highly faithful pets. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. One. <clears throat> Phoenixes burst into flames when it is time for them to die and are reborn from the ashes. He's such a poet. Like, that's beautiful. But that's just what happens. No, I know, but it's like a beautiful... Phoenixes are just beautiful then. I don't know. Okay, yeah. But then... I don't know. I like it. I like the... I like it. Um, So, when Dumbledore is describing Phoenixes, like fascinating creatures and then he goes straight into like how they're useful mm-hmm. um they can carry immensely heavy loads their tears have healing powers and they make highly faithful pets not like and it's weird for people to describe their pets as like faithful so much as like lovable maybe they say loyal mm-hmm. you know but they're lovable they're like playful and that's why you have a pet this is like one of those times that like really shows like for every person or thing or 
whatever in Dumbledore's life, they have to have a use for him. They have to be useful. That's true. And the reason why he chooses Fox, and I wonder, you know, uh, J.K. Rowling said she doesn't really have familiars in this, um, in the Wizarding World, but Mrs. Norris would be considered a familiar if you had one. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Fox is kind of, like, I think would be like Dumbledore's familiar or something, but I wonder what it feels like to be from Fox's perspective to to know that you are um, kind of like his like go to. I don't know because I th- I feel like with Hedwig it's like yes Hedwig it goes and gets Mel and brings Mel and stuff like that and so he she is useful for Harry but we'll see too like. They're, they have a loving kind of relationship, and I don't think that Harry would ever really describe Hedwig. It, it would seem jarring to me for for Harry to describe Hedwig as being... Faithful. Faithful, um, yeah, and, like, talking about, like, when describing Hedwig to talk about, like, her utility mm-hmm. as a owl as, a as opposed to, like, the friendship that she gives him. Because for the most, the majority of the time... He doesn't get very much mail from family or anything. He, she doesn't have much to do in terms of, like, the usefulness of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he just goes to visit her, and when they're both at the Dursleys, like, he, they, she keeps him company. And um, <laughs> Tears for Hedwig, when she dies, uh, he kind of, he describes her as, like, his first friend. Yeah. Um, because you have to even remember, like, he, all this stuff happens with Hagrid within, like, a day, and then Hagrid's like, here's a bird, figure out your own way to get home, and, you know. And have them to get to the platform and all that stuff. Yeah, and so, um, after this, like, whirlwind of finding out that he's a wizard, he then has another month with the Dursleys, even though we don't know how they got back from the hut, Mm -hmm. but they got back. He's got a month there, and Hedwig is his one connection to the wizarding world, and, they develop a bond. And so it's just, like, interesting. You you see how really early she's kind of planting the seeds of um, Dumbledore as a strategic thinker in all ways, and every person has to have some use Mm -hmm. to him. And that's kind of sad. I think it is. But also smart. I think that he... He loves people, but I think he also, like, he keeps people at a distance on purpose. And so mm-hmm. that, I think that's the way that he interacts with people is, like, whether or not they have some kind of use for him. Even though he, I think he cares for people on, like, a, like a you know what I mean? Like, on a deep level. But I think it probably, to him, he feels as if he cares about them too much. Probably because of, like, what happened with during his, the Wob Knots. Yeah. Like, his own family history. Like, or he's able to, he's like. I he's afraid of, of, of caring for people too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and or them being too close, or them being too yeah. close, and so I think that seems like one of like more of a coping, yeah, like defense mechanism. Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, like he's able to care about people on a mic on a macro sense, but mm-hmm. not on a micro sense. Exactly. Like, or yeah, um, I dropped a spoon because I was eating po- uh, peanut butter. I apologize. You have to pick that up. <laughs> um, I will pick it up. So. Before Dumbledore could speak another word, however, the, oh, yeah, the door of the office flew open with an almighty bang and Hagrid burst in, a wild look in his eyes, his 
balaclava perched on top of his shaggy black head and the dead rooster still swinging from his hand. It wasn't Harry. It wasn't Harry Professor Dumbledore, said Hagrid urgently. I was talking to him seconds before that kid was found. He never had time, sir. Dumbledore tried to say something, but Hagrid went ranting on, waving the rooster around in his agitation, sending feathers everywhere. It can't have been him. I'll swear in front of the Minister of Magic. If I had to, Hagrid, I, you got it wrong. You got the wrong boy, sir. I know Harry. Hagrid, said Dumbledore loudly. I do not think that Harry attacked those people. Oh, said Hagrid, the rooster falling limply at his side. Right. I'll wait outside then, headmaster. And he stomped out, looking embarrassed. Hadwig is a... Uh, had, Hagrid. Hadwig. Hagrid. That's what I just said, though. I just said, Hadwig. <laughs> Hadwig. I just put them together. Wow. Hadwig is... Hagrid is a real one. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't think it was me, Professor? No, Harry, I don't. But I still want to talk to you. Harry waited nervously while Dumbledore considered him the tips of his long fingers together. I must ask you, Harry, whether there's anything you'd like to tell me. Anything at all. Harry didn't know what to say. He thought of Malfoy shouting, you'll be next, mudbloods, and of the polyjuice potion simmering away in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Then he thought of the disembodied voice he had heard twice and remembered what Ron had said. Hearing voices no one else can hear isn't a good sign, even in the wizarding world. He thought, too, about what everyone was saying about him and his growing dread that he was somehow connected to Salazar Slytherin. No, said Harry. There isn't anything, Professor. Nothing about what Dobby has said to you or Dobby's general presence. You are 12. Not a great plan, Harry. Not a great plan. You're 12. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't do this alone. Mm -hmm. And here's your chance. Like, here's an open remember what Hermione said after during the um philosopher's stone we'll, we'll do what we should have done all along go to Dumbledore yeah. again right here you, you just got brought to Dumbledore right here this is your chance boom um the double attack on Justin and nearly headless Nick turned what was hither what had hitherto been nervousness into real panic curiously it was nearly headless Nick's fate that seemed to worry people most what could possibly do that to a ghost? People asked each other. What terrible power could harm someone who was already dead? There was almost a stampede to book seats on the Hogwarts Express so students could go home for Christmas. At this rate, we'll be the only ones left, Ron told Harry and Hermione. Us, Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle. What a jolly holiday it's going to be. Crab and Goyle, who always did whatever Malfoy did, had signed up to stay over the holidays, too. But Harry was glad that most people were leaving. He was tired of people skirting around him in the corridors as though he were about to sprout fangs or spit poison. Tired of all the muttering, pointing, and hissing as he passed. They never explained why Malfoy stayed for the Christmas break, did they? No, they don't. Or it's, they might. But I don't it's probably don't. just because, like, Lucius is trying to get all this stuff out of the house and, right. you know, doesn't <clears> need to. And his son has obviously a big mouth. Mm-hmm. Fred and George, however, found all of this very funny. Another example of why Fred and George are the best. Mm-hmm. They went out of their way to march ahead of Harry down the corridor, shouting, Make way for the air Slytherin! Seriously evil wizard coming through! <laughs> Percy was deeply disapproving of this behavior. It is not a laughing matter, he said coldly. Oh, get out of the way, Percy. Harry's in a hurry. Yeah, he's off to the Chamber of Secrets for a cup of tea with his fanged servant, said George, chortling. Ginny didn't find it amusing. How... Either. Oh, don't, she wailed every time Fred asked Harry loudly who he was planning to attack next, or when George pretended to ward Harry off with a large clove of garlic when they'd meet. 
<laughs> Harry didn't mind. It made him feel better that Fred and George at least thought the idea of his being Slytherin's heir was quite ludicrous. But their antics seemed to be aggravating Draco, Mal- Draco Malfoy, who looked increasingly sour each time he saw them at it. I wanted to, like, add in real quick. Like, mm-hmm. Percy was deeply disapproving, and he said it is not a laughing matter. Um, you can read that as another, you know, Percy's worried about the... Um, look of it all when he's trying to be head boy or what it like how that appears you know like the same way that Lucius tells Draco like it isn't prudent to you know talk badly about Harry Potter mm-hmm. um but it really isn't a laughing matter like you have Justin and Colin and Miss Norris and even um Nearly had left Nick to a certain degree Mm because he's already dead. But, you know, like, they're on the verge of death, and we don't know who's doing it or what's happening, so... But I also think that that's, like, Fred and George's... It's their coping mechanism. Yeah, it's It's not just their coping mechanism. It's what they... It's, like, the same thing with Weasley's Wizard Weezes. It's, like, laughter in the face of... Yeah, terror. Terrible things, and people need that sometimes. And, uh, yeah, no, definitely. And I remember, like, one of the um, things they said that... Like, after 9-11, I think John Stewart did it or something. And it was, like, we're getting back to normal because, you know, baseball had started again because mm-hmm. they had, like, canceled a couple of games. And then, like, Saturday Night Live had come back and The Daily Show had come back. Right. And it was, like, I think John Stewart did, like, this really great monologue, the, the first show back after 9-11, about how terrorism is a way of of changing how people you know, live their lives. And so the best way to combat terrorism is to not change your life. And a part of that is comedy and to not change who you are because you're scared. Mm -hmm. And so it's very rebellious too. the fact that they are, you know, making jokes and stuff because they're saying, and they're showing like other kids and first years and stuff. Like we're not going to be scared of someone claiming to, you know, hate mudbloods and you know we're not gonna let them push out push the you know push us out of our own school and what we've done so and um, we're also not gonna take people who are not using common um, logic logic (laughs) and context clues and sense um seriously by pinning it on someone who clearly is not doing it um but yeah but it also though it's so it's a little bit of both right like that's how george cope uh, george and fred cope and that's admirable there's nothing wrong with it but I don't think that it is Percy being completely. Oh no! I don't you know, think he's being like. I think he's just one of those people who is like, you know, people are hurt, mm-hmm. and it is not like it's not funny. Yeah. Because he's a serious person. He deals with things seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's like a serious person so much as he is a. I think serious is a good, like yeah. And, like, he's yeah. pompous, and he's, like, he's very... He, he's, like, but, like, self-important. Yeah, responsible, I guess, is, like, better than serious, because, yeah. um... Yeah, but, you know, that's... It's, like, you... Even in the same way that you had mentioned last episode, like, the Weasley boys go about cheering up Jenny in ways that um, reflect who they are and their relationship with Jenny. Mm-hmm. They also deal with like, these traumatic times, and you'll see this throughout the book, um, in ways that are comparable to who they are as people, and um, this is one of the first examples of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Fred and George are annoying Draco every time they, like, 
make you know kind of make comments fun of about it, make comments about Harry. Him, yeah, um, it's because he's bursting to say it's really his, him. Said Ron. You know he hates anyone beating him at anything. Um, and you're getting all the credit for his dirty work. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. At the same way that you talk about, like, context clues and, like, following logic, like, this doesn't make sense either. Draco's more just, like, really, y'all. He he actually feels the same way as Fred and George. Like, y'all really think it's Harry? Yeah. Y'all are dumb. You're dumb. Um... Not for long, said Hermione. The Polyjuice Potion's nearly ready. We'll be getting the truth out of him any day now. Um, at last the term ended, and the silence deep as the snow on the grounds descended on the castle. Harry found it peaceful rather than gloomy and enjoyed the fact that he, Hermione, and the Weasleys had the run of Gryffindor Tower. Again, I'm surprised Molly didn't make them come home. Um, which Because I don't know if... They know, and that's what I'm saying. It's a, yeah. It's, that's, that's a problem. Um, at this point, not including Mrs. Norris, there's been... Two attacks on kids in the school. Yeah. Um, and and Molly isn't the type to be, and I don't think the Weasleys at all in general are the type to be like, oh, well, they're only attacking Muggleborn, so we're fine. Like, she's no, like, but, nah, man, like, people are attacking children. Like, that's, y'all gotta cut. Like, yeah. my kids are in danger? No. That's and not okay. She, you know that she would have made Harry come home too. Like, mm-hmm. and she's like, I and mean, to be honest, if they took them all out, then the attacks would have stopped, but. Yeah. Sips tea. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, which meant well. they could, so they all had, they had the run of Gryffindor Tower, which meant they could play Exploding Snap loudly without bothering anyone and practice dueling in private. Fred, George, and Jenny had chosen to stay at school rather than visit Bill in Egypt with Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Percy, who disapproved of what he termed their childish behavior, didn't spend much time in the Gryffindor common room. He had already told them pompously that he was only staying over Christmas because it was his duty as prefect to support the teachers during this troubled time. It really isn't. How? Like, he takes, like... What? How? He oversteps his jurisdiction a lot. Um, but also, what are you going to do? Nothing. You're... How old is he? And do they... Do they... He's 16 years old. Do they come cool. to the prefects as, for counsel? Right. Like, is this Game of Thrones? Is this Game of Thrones? Like, is Dumbledore, like, coming to you? Like, I need your counsel. Right. Like, no. Yeah. That's why that's why they have teachers. Like, and all of them adults. are... Adults. Adults are figuring it out. has been teaching there for 36 years, bro. Dumbledore is a thousand years old. Years old. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like, need your help, Percy. He... He's not coming to you. No. And, and, you're a prefect. You're not, like, the head boys. So, you're not even, like, first in line of the students right. they would go to. If they would go to students. If they would go to students, which they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Christmas morning. Harry and Ron are the only ones left in the dormitory. We're, waking very, we're woken very early by Hermione, who burst in, fully dressed and carrying presents for them both. Wake up, she said loudly. Hermione, you're not supposed to be in here, said Ron. Merry Christmas to you, too, she said Hermione. I've been up for nearly an hour, adding more lace wings to the potion. It's ready. Harry sat up suddenly, wide awake. Are you sure? Positive, said Hermione. Shifting Scabbers the rat. Uh, boo. Boo. Um, so that she could sit on the end of Ron's four-poster. If we're going to do it, I say it should be tonight. At that moment, Hedwig swooped in to the room, carrying a very small package in her beak. Hello, said Harry happily. Are you speaking to me again? So can we talk about the fact that it's been almost four months since Hedwig has talked to Harry? Hedwig is a real one. She's the greatest of all time. She is like, I will come to you Hedwig the goat, when bro. I am ready. She flapped her ass off in chapter three. In and September. September 1st. September 1st. It's December 25th. Chapter 12, she comes back like, I guess. I guess we're cool now. And, it's Christmas. And 
she comes back with a package like well i gotta drop this off to you and we're cool it's christmas now so it's we're christmas cool, so we're cool so we but cool they weren't cool for almost four months bro. but she is like but don't but see that don't t- don't test me don't. again don't cross me bitch i met, i love hedwig hedwig is real she's so real real man you're she, speaking to me again. Harry got happy. He was happy, bro. He was like, Harry Wait. said happily as she landed on his bed. She nibbled his ear in an affectionate sort of way, which was a far better present than the one that she had brought him, which turned out to be Harry like, was like, like, I got my girl back. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know I how much I up, missed bro. you like, until you got up. back. Like, no wonder why this year has been so terrible. You ain't been talking to me. No. I got my girl. Oh my goodness. Hedwig. Hedwig I want to be her when I, ooh, let someone cross me. Right? <laughs> I'm channeling my inner Hedwig from now on. You don't deserve me. Nope. You better earn me. Right? Or, but I don't know. That sounded weird, but you know what I mean. <laughs> um, that sounds like Olivia Pope. Fits. <laughs> yeah. You want me? Earn me. <laughs> Back when people used to actually like ship them. Yeah. Fuck fits. Anyway, they had sent Harry a toothpick <laughs> and a note telling him to find out whether he'd be able he'd be able to stay at Hogwarts for the summer vacation too. So one, a toothpick. Why, why even send, send anything? anything? There's literally no why? reason to send anything. I remember like that is there is nothing more infuriating. I don't know if we've talked about this before or whatever, but it deserves a repeating than getting something completely useless as a gift. Yeah. Because it's like you and want not me to say useless, but thank like you for it's that? clearly it's not even useless. It's just like. They clearly didn't put any effort into it. Like, my thing is, like, I can get something that I'm not going to use. But if somebody's, like, you know what I mean? Like, they, it's, sometimes they pick something up off the table. say it's thought that counts. And it's, like, it did. But the thing is, they didn't think about this. They were yeah. just, like, here, whatever. Can and it really up? is a thought because they, they didn't think about him at all. Right. Can you stay at Hogwarts? And here is a toothpick, I guess, because it's you should get thing. some mail around Christmas. Like, no. No. Leave me, leave me be. Yeah. Um, the rest of Harry's Christmas presents were far more satisfactory. Hagrid had sent him a large tin of tracle toffee, which Harry decided to soften by the fire before eating. Ron had given him a book called Flying with the Cannons, a book of interesting facts about his favorite Quidditch team, and Hermione had bought him a luxury eagle feather quill. Harry opened the last present to find a new hand-knitted sweater from Mrs. Weasley and a large plum cake. He read her card with a fresh surge of guilt, thinking about Mr. Weasley's car, which hadn't been since... Um, it's Crash with the Whomping Willow, um, which hadn't been seen since mm-hmm. Crash, uh, and the bout of rule-breaking he and Ron were planning next. So no one, not even someone dealing with... Dreading. Dreading taking Podge's potion later could fail to enjoy Christmas dinner at Hogwarts. The Great Hall looked magnificent. Not only were there a dozen frost-covered Christmas trees and thick streamers of holly and mistletoe crisscrossing the ceiling, but... Enchanted snow was falling, warm and dry from the ceiling. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dumbledore led them in a few of his favorite carols. Ah, music. <laughs> a magic greater than all we do here. Hagrid booming more and more loudly with every goblet of eggnog he consumed. Eggnog and fire whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, Percy hadn't noticed that Fred had bewitched his prefect bag, so it now read Pinhead. Kept asking them why they were sniggering. And Harry didn't even care that Draco Malfoy was making loud, snide remarks at his new sweater from the Slytherin table. With a bit of luck, Malfoy would be getting his comeuppance in a few hours' time. Ron and Harry had barely finished their third 
helpings of Christmas pudding. Y'all got stuff to do. <laughs> like, they're going to be so heavy. Hot. and Like, I need to take a nap now. Mm-hmm. When Hermione had ushered them out of the hall to finalize their plans for the evening. We'll still need a bit of people of the beep with... We still need a bit of the people you're changing into, said Hermione. And obviously it'll be best if you can get something of Crab and Goyle's. They're Malfoy's best friends. He'll tell them anything. And we also need to make sure that real Crab and Goyle won't burst in on us when we're interrogating them. I've got it all worked out, she went on smoothly. I filled... She she held up two plump chocolate cakes. I filled these with a a simple sleeping drought. All you have to do is make sure Crab and Goyle find them. You know how greedy, greedy they are. They're bound, they're bound to eat them. Once they're asleep, pull out a few of their hairs and hide them in a broom co- closet. That's like savage. Right, right. <laughs> she was just like, boom, boom, point by point. Do this, do this, do this. Got it. Good. Let's go. So Harry and Ron looked incredulously at each other. Hermione, I don't think this could go seriously wrong. But Hermione had a silly glint in her eye, not unlike the one Professor McGonagall sometimes had. The potion will be useless without Crab and Goyle's hair. You do want to investigate Malfoy, don't you? Oh, all right, said Harry. But what about you? Whose hair are you ripping out? I've already got mine, said Hermione brightly, pulling a tiny bottle out of her pocket and showing them the single hair inside. Remember Millicent's bullshit wrestling me at the dueling club? She left this on my robe when she was trying to strangle me. And now she's gone home for Christmas, so I'll just have to tell the Slytherins I decided to come back. When Hermione had bustled off to check on the Pologies potion... Ron turned to Harry with the Doom Lightning Expression. Have you ever heard of a plan that where so many things could go wrong? Um, Pretty much all of their plans. I was gonna wrong. say, like, <laughs> yeah, I think this is like good plan number nine. I kind of lost count there, but also like all of your plans. This is are terrible. Like this one, you know, we find out like it worked. Like two thirds of the plan worked <laughs> out. You know, so it's like in terms of their track record, it's pretty good, but it's still not a great plan. Yeah, like, they're twelve. I mean, it goes back to the whole um, Hermione just being so determined to, like, figure this out. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, not a, not a great plan. Not. So, um, to Harry and Ron's utter amazement, though, stage one of the operation went just as smoothly as Hermione had said. They lurked in the deserted entrance hall after Christmas tea, waiting for Crab and Goyle, who had remained alone at the Slytherin table, shoveling down four helpings of trifle. Harry had perched the chocolate cakes on the end of the banisters. When they spotted Crab and Goyle coming out of the Great Hall, they hid quickly behind a seat of armor next to the front door. How thick can you get, Ron whispered ecstatically as Crab gleefully pointed out the cakes to Goyle and grabbed them. Grinning stupidly, they stuffed the cakes whole into their mouths. For a moment, both of them chewed greedily looks of triumph on their faces. Then, without the smallest change of expression, they both keeled over backwards onto the floor. That's such a, like, cartoon. Huh? Cartoon. Yeah, Sorry. I was like, it's so tropey. It yeah. really is. But like, you know, those are like the little things where it's very clearly for kids. But it's like, there's that's always the thing. I think there's so many television shows and cartoons and shit. Yeah. Where people just like, oh no, and they just like fall over. It's like very <laughs> Tom and Jerry. But I also yeah. think though, at least, so if this is like the Christmas feast, um, you could easily see like two people trying to take cakes to go and then talking or something and then like getting distracted and leaving them on the banister as opposed to like the movie where they're floating in midair, which is like <laughs> trap. It's a trap. It's clearly you know, like, a trap. Come yeah. on. Like why? Like, why? So at least they're like no sitting sense. on like, the banister. Shit, it could, they could be, there could be like ghosts holding it. It could be Peeves. Can't he turn invisible? 
Oh, uh, it could have I mean, been. You know, but even, but if it was peeves, it's they still would deserve a trap. it. Totally. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. That's why they should like their encounters with peeves should have like given them. But you know, there was no peeves in the movie, so never not never mind. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think like it goes back to what I was saying. It's like even if you're pure blood, even if you're Slytherin, and you're not worried about uh, being petrified. Like, there's still, apparently, some, like, crazy lunatic wandering around the castle trying to, like, kill mudbloods. Right, like, and, like, lure people. Yeah, it's, like... And, like, the thing is, is, like, if you leave... Like, leaving cakes is really clumsy. Like, I, like in terms of, like, if it was the monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... Ooh, excuse me. Um, so even if they had been technically trying it, like, it's not... Like, if, if it was a monster, theoretically... If they left it, it was for, like, some muggleborns or whatever. Yeah. So, but, like, so they should, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't have been meant for them, but they still would have got, got. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, they did get got, but still. Um, it's just. It's just yeah. yeah. They're not smart. Not at all. They're not intelligent. And, yeah. And I, I have a hard time, so, I have a hard time with, like, people who are not smart because, not like a, like, I don't think that there's, like, you should judge people harshly for that, but I just, like. I think my brain is like, I don't understand how you don't understand this. You know what I mean? And then like, yeah. So anyway, um, the hardest part was hiding them in the closet across the hall. Once they were safely stowed among the buckets of moths, Harry yanked out a couple of the bristles that covered Goyle's forehead and Ron pulled out several of Crab's hairs. They also stole their shoes because their own were far too small for Crab and Goyle's size feet. That's actually pretty smart. Then, True. still stunned at what they had done, they sprinted up to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Um, they could hardly see for the thick black smoke issuing from the stall in which Hermione was storing the cauldron. Pulling their robes over their faces, Herm- Harry and Ron knocked softly on the door. Hermione? They heard the scrape of the lock, and Hermione emerged, shiny face, looking anxious. Behind, them, they, behind her, they heard the gloop gloop of the bubbling glutinous potion. Three glass tumblers stood ready on the toilet seat. Did you get them? Harry showed her Goyle's hair. Good, and I sneak these spare robes out of the laundry. You'll need bigger sizes once you're crabbing Goyle, which is nice, but, like, you guys thought about switching shoes, but you didn't think about switching robes. Well, that's kind of shady. Leaving them naked? You just, like, strip them. That's out of pocket. Um, I don't know how far it is from knocking someone out to and stealing their shoes and to like to stripping them down i mean i feel like your kids yes but they got they went the nice way and went to the laundry but they didn't know that beforehand well hermione hermione they just figured they they just just trusted in her okay always trust in hermione all right Um, i'm sure i've done everything right said hermione um, it looks like the book says it should. Once we've drunk it, we'll have exactly an hour before we change back into ourselves. Um, now what? Ron whispered. We separate into three gu- glasses and add the hairs. Um, so Hermione like puts the um, potion, like the potion, into each of their glasses. Um, she puts Millicent Bulstrode's hair um, into the first glass. The potion hissed loudly like a boiling kettle and frothed madly. A second le- later, it had turned a sick sort of yellow. Ugh. Essence of uh, Millicent Bulstrode, said Ron. Bet it tastes disgusting. I'm so mad at how they do Millicent. They really do her shady for no reason. And 
Yeah. And she doesn't even say anything. Yeah. Like, it's not like Pansy, where Pansy is horrible, and we know that from Joe. Or even Malfoy. Like, we've gotten, like, two books of Malfoy, right. like, being horrible. And we've gotten, like, some evidence that they're terrible. Yeah. Other than, like, the weird thing where Millicent and Hermione ended up in a fight. Like, we don't know her. We All we know is that she's... She's a Slytherin. Slytherin, big and ugly and looks like a hag. And, right. like... Even them getting into a fight, if you think back at it, like, at the duel in the first book, Ron is like, you probably are only going to shoot sparks at each other, so then just drop your wand and hit him in the nose. So Melissa mm-hmm. was probably going that tactic, too. Like, it, like getting, like, putting Hermione in a headlock is not, ex- like, explaining away all of her, you know, her, her character or whatever. I don't know. Right. They just do it. Justice for Millicent Bullstrode, man. <laughs> Hashtag justice for Millicent. Um, Dude. So Harry dropped Goyle's hair in the middle glass and Ron put crabs into the last one. Both glasses hissed and frothed. Goyle turned a khaki color of a bo- booger, crabs a dark murky brown. So here's also, one Also, why thing. do they have to look so gross? A sense of I mean, their names crab are and Crab Goyle. and Goyle, but you know what I mean. Yeah. That's so... But you know what? I bet Malfoy's probably looks cool. Oh, yeah. It's, like, green and, like, smooth and, like, kind of bitter. But, you know... Probably he's, like, grass or some shit. Yeah. Because he's all, like, er- he's all like aristocratic and shit, so it probably tastes like aristocracy. It probably tastes aristocracy. like sweet, yet a little spoiled milk. Right. Or something. You know? Like, arist- like the aristocrats. I always want to say aristocrats, which is, like... Yeah, that, that... The Disney in me Disney. will not be denied. But, um, you know, they, like... And the Malfoys are definitely like this because the Blacks are like this. Like, the inbreeding, kind of. You know, they start mm-hmm. to, like, be a little sour. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, the offspring is not as, you know, crisp as it should be. Um, but, I yeah. So, this is, like, also something that I was thinking about because... I know that, like, Mad-Eye has the flask and stuff, but... The hiss, the hissing and frothing, um, mm-hmm. does that does it settle down into? Like it says, the second like, the push and hiss yeah. loudly. Yeah, I think it. I think it. I think it kind of settles. Okay, I think that's like it. That's I think that's like the at least from how I um, imagined it. It's like the you know what I mean. Like the the potion's changing into. The person. The specific yeah, thing. so you yeah. add the hair or whatever, and then, and it, then it does a little thing, has like a reaction, and mm-hmm. then it like settles into into the final potion. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, that would be really difficult to drink. Yeah, and that, but also like it would be really difficult to like hide, you know, because it would be like yeah. I don't know what kind of whiskey he's drinking, but it's his and frothing like quality juice potion. You know what I mean? It's like, like sparking. And yeah, shit. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, um. I know that he's probably, like, making enough of the flask to last. And he's probably better at it anyway, so his potion lasts longer than an hour. But Ooh, Barty Crouch? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think like, other... I think there are times when the Polyjuice potion lasts longer in, um, in, like, later in the books. Yeah. And I think that's the case... I mean, it's the case in the movies, but the movies, they, like, mess up roles all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that's the case. Like, I think... Well, ah, I just can't remember. I think they might say how, like, that, like, you know, why he was drinking it pretty frequently in Goblet of Fire. So maybe it was every hour. But for, um, 
Like, I'm thinking about, like, the Seven Potters or, like, a couple times in Deathly Hollows where they use it. Yeah, even, like, um, going to Green Dot. Like, I think the when they use it in the Green Ministry, Dots. they have more than an hour. Yeah, they do. But I want, I don't know what that, like, like, how you make the, po- is it, like, the amount that you drink at one time? Or is it, like, how, gr- how like, well it was made? Or Questions that need that answers. Is. Yeah, because um, I totally believe that there that that some that you could make it last longer. Yeah, like that's believable. But I'm curious, like what the science or magic behind. Yeah, it is. well, I'm thinking something like a concentrate. So I was just at the grocery store and I got um, concentrate coffee, like cold brew coffee, you know. And it's like mm-hmm. I don't know how the concentrate, but it's way stronger than like the normal coffee that you would brew. And it's um, right, you know, concentrate of anything. It's just like so. They're able to, like, I don't know, make it stronger. I don't know how, but I always thought that, too. But I just thought I would bring it up um, in case any <laughs> listeners have any other ideas. But um, also, okay, so hang on, said Harry. We better not all drink them in here. Once we turn into crab and goyle, we won't fit. And Millicent Bullstrode's no pixie. Hashtag justice for Millicent. Good yeah. thinking, said Ron. We'll take separate stalls. Careful not to spill a... Drop with his polyjuice potion, Harry slipped into the middle stall. Ready, he called. Ready, came Ron and Hermione's voice. One, two, three. Pinching his nose, Harry drank the potion down in two large gulps. It tasted like overcooked cabbage. It's not that bad. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not terrible. Not terrible. Um, not something I would want to drink every day, but like also, <clears throat> I've had like. It could have tasted way worse. It could have tasted way worse. And it like, kind of reminds me of those like green smoothies, like wheat germ and whatever. Like. You know, it's like you just, you know, it's good for you and or, or, you know, you have to do it. So you just. Well, I mean, like essence of Goyle isn't good for you, but I know what you're saying. You have to do it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's worth it in the end, I guess. Um, yeah. And also it's too large gulp. So it's like over pretty quickly. Right. It's not even that yeah. much. And maybe that's it's another. It's like taking medicine yeah. or something. And maybe that's like another, like another way is like how much she spooned out for them. Mm-hmm. So you have to drink more for it to last longer. I don't know. Immediately, his inside started writhing as though he just swallowed live snakes. Double. So, like, their organs are changing, too. Yeah, like, this kind of... That's, like, the their entire... It's not just, like, their outer appearance. Yeah. It's like, everything. So, this kind of, like, made me go into a little bit of Clone Club, like, the science of it. You know, like, your DNA yeah. changing and reacting and, you know. Um, oh, my God. Orphan Black's coming back so soon. <laughs> I'm watching it right now. I oh on Amazon now I don't have to buy season three. I just logged on today, and it was like stream. And I was like yes, thank you Lord. Um, um so now we have to, to watch n- season four, but still now we also have to like um confess something because we're recording a big chunk of we these. We don't have to confess it. Yeah, because you're going to like in like a couple of weeks. To our listeners, you just started watching it on Amazon because you talked about it. No, this comes out. This comes out in two. This comes out in two days. I know, but the one that you talked about, like, you talked about the one that comes out in like three weeks. You were like, I just started watching it. No, no, I said I'm rewatching it. I'm on season two. I'm rewatching season I, two. I swear. Okay, maybe we were talking just us. I can't remember what our private conversations I'm so anymore. I'm confused. Let's just get back to Harry Potter. I'm so confused. Okay. Um, okay, so, um, so he's, like, having a... He's having a burning sensation (laughs) spread rapidly from his stomach to the very end. It feels like he's melting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, his hands began to grow. That is really cool. Before his eyes. 
It's like it's kind of scary. Like you're, it's totally dope. Yeah, it's, like you're yeah. looking at your extremities as they like change. So as suddenly as it had started, everything stopped. Harry lay face down on the stone cold floor, listening to Myrtle gurgling morosely in the in toilet. <laughs> Myrtle, um, with difficulty, he kicked off his shoes and stood up. This was what it felt like being Goyle. His large hands trembling, he pulled off his old robes, which were hanging a foot above his ankles, pulled on the spare ones, and laced up Goyle's boat-like shoes. He reached up to brush his hair out of his eyes, met only with a short growth of wiry bristles low on his forehead. Then he realized that his glasses were clouding his eyes because Goyle obviously didn't need them. He took them off and called, Are you two okay? So, real quick. So, if your hair's not in your eyes why are you trying maybe it's just like a reflex thing. it's a reflex thing i always do that like okay um i push my I mean, yeah. i've been wearing contacts more well, and i push my glasses up like all the time i think that's a little bit different i think that like well i think it's just the wording of it if it's like he goes to run his fingers through his hair not push his hair out of his eyes yeah in their short <laughs> bristle because then you know they're not in your eyes yeah you know probably I mean? the wording like i totally get being like oh and then it's like oh wait that's not you know what i mean yeah. versus like yeah, versus being like, my hair's in my face, and then it's not actually in your face. Um, but yeah. Um, so, are you two okay? Goyle's low rasp of voice issued from his mouth. Yeah, came a deep grunt of crab from his right. Also, I wish um, that, like, I understand why they did it in the movie, that the voices didn't change, because it's, like, easier to keep up with what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I wish the voices would have changed, because... Yeah, um, we know who's who. Yeah, and we know, if you're paying attention, you know what's happening, Right. Yeah. Um, only for, like, There's the no seven potters would it be a little bit, like, difficult. But one of my favorite things about the polyjuice scenes in the movies is, like, the acting that goes along with it. Like, Bellatrix playing Hermione playing oh Bellatrix. God. That's one of my favorite scenes. Like, that's amazing. Because I was just like, yo, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. It, like, like, and then this goes back to Clone Club when you're just like, dude... You're playing, it's one person Bruh. doing all I'm of these scaling. things. Dude, I'm on the episode, or no, two, or a couple episodes. They're all running together because <laughs> I'm binge watching, but, um, Cosima meets Rachel. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, fucking Tatiana, man. I can't with you. Someone, I feel like, like sometimes watching the show because I'm just, like, mad that she's so talented. So this is, like, like you know um, what? confession time. Here's what I got. Uh... <laughs> When, like, the Emmys were happening and everyone was, like, so, like, teen Viola, I was, like, so teen Tatiana, and I was, like, if she doesn't win, Viola should win. I don't watch How to Get Away with Murder, so... I do. She's a... She's she's awesome enough. I mean, she's, she's like, ridiculous. She's ridiculous, like, in she's general. Amazing, you know what I mean? Like, I haven't, like... Yeah. She's, like, on the level of, like, Helen Mirren and Meryl Streep and all of these, like, actresses where you're, like, I you have yet to, like, not blow me away with anything that you've done. So right. I, I don't doubt at all, like, that she was worthy of it. And, of course, I was like, if Tatiana doesn't win, then uh, Viola should definitely win. But I was like, are they only she showing... like, ten people. Yeah. And are they only... Are the judges only allowed to judge on, like, one... Like, because I know it's, like, they you, you so you... Submit an episode, and that's what everyone judges off of. Like, so you pick uh-huh. up, you pick your best episode to showcase, like, the acting. Um, right. So, but I'm like, she's playing, like, three different people interacting with each other, not missing a beat, 
And like, when she's actually doing the acting, it's just like some girl with her back to the camera who's like standing there but not saying anything. You know what I mean? It's like when they put like the mm-hmm. broom up and are like the softball or whatever and you're right. like talking to a 3D character. I'm like, that is so hardcore. And how does she like totally remember is. who she's playing at which times and, <laughs> and like Tony, do you remember Tony? Like she played a trans mm-hmm. transsexual man like anyway, back to Harry Potter because I could just whew. go on. Um, so Harry unlocked his door and stepped in front of the cracked mirror. Goyle stared back at him out of the dull, deepest eyes. Um, Harry scratched his ear. So did Goyle. Ron's door opened. Um, Ron was indistinguishable from crab, from the pudding bowl haircut to the long, long gorilla arms. This is unbelievable, said Ron. Unbelievable. We'd better get going, said Harry. Um, we've got, we've still got to find out where the Slytherin common room is. I hope we can find someone to follow. What thing? Ron Why didn't they do some reconnaissance work beforehand? They're gonna waste. That's a good question. They're gonna waste you, a lot again. Time. Yeah. This is not as this is not as good of a plan. You know I mean, this I mean? is we like the ti- this is so far the typical trio plan. Totally. Yeah. They get a little bit better. A little. They bit. get better as That's it goes good. on. They try. Ron, who had been gazing at Harry, said, "You don't know how bizarre it is to see Goyle thinking." <laughs> um, he banged on Hermione's door. Come on, we need to go. A high-pitched voice answered him. I, I don't think I'm going to come at all, after all. Um, you go on without me. Hermione, we know Millicent Bullstrode's ugly. No one's going to know it's you. Um, hashtag justice for Millicent. Um, Seriously. No, really, I don't think I'll come. You two hurry up. You're wasting time. Um, Harry looked at Ron, bewildered. That looks more like Goyle, said Ron. That's how he looks every time a teacher asks him a question. Hermione, are you okay? Fine, I'm fine. Go on. Um, so they, Harry checks his watch. Five of their 60 minutes had already passed. We'll meet you back here, all right? Um, so they leave the bathroom, um, and go, they're trying to figure out, like, where the common room is. Oh, yeah. Any ideas, muttered Harry? The Slytherins always come up to breakfast from over there, said Ron. The words had barely left his mouth when a girl with long curly hair emerged from the entrance. Excuse me, said Ron. We've forgotten the way to our common room. I beg your pardon? Our common room? I'm a Ravenclaw. She walked away, looking suspicious back at them. Harry and Ron hurried down the stone steps into darkness, their footsteps echoing particularly loudly as Crabs and Goyle's huge feet hit the floor, feeling that this wasn't going to be as easy as they had hoped. So, the labyrinthine... Sorry. Huh? I just had one thing. Um, either they're, like, in such a rush, so they're not closely looking. Um, also, I think that's, that's Penelope, but... Um, Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say in a second. Do they not have, like, the... I'm wondering now that, actually, now that I think about it, like, they, she never actually writes that they have, like, their colors on their uniform. Markers on their, yeah. So, they could... tell the truth. Yeah, so they could just... Have, like, regular... Yeah, so never mind, um, let me just ignore that question, because um, I'll go back and look into it. Um, It's probably going to be in, like, the first book, but... um, yeah, I'm I'm confounding movies with books, and I'm not sure if she ever talks about them wearing marker their right of their of their um, colors on their actual uniform. Um, so Harry and Ron hurried down the stone steps. Um, the labyrinthine passages were deserted. They walked deeper and deeper under the school. After a quarter of an hour, just when they were getting desperate, they heard a sudden movement ahead. Ha! There's one of them now. 
Um, their hearts sank. It wasn't a Slytherin. It was Percy. What are you doing down so, here? Oh, sorry. Real quick. Oh, yeah. What are you doing down here? He was cupcaking. <laughs> Cupcake no filling with Penelope Clearwater. Cupcaking? Um, is that like... <laughs> or is that like... Well, not necessarily that. It's just like... It could get to that point, but... <laughs> sorry. So, like, she's telling me about the birds and the bees People know. No, no, no. I'm laughing because, like, people are only going to get that um, audio and not the visual. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like, it's like it ranges from flirting all the way to that. All of it together. Because cupcakes are sweet? I think, it's a, I think it's like a Bay Area slang thing, but cupcaking, it's like you're, he was, he was making out, basically. He might have been doing more. I don't know his life. Yeah. He looks You suspicious. do you, Percy. Um, He's 16, you know, let him do that. Okay, what are you doing down here? Um, Said Ron in surprise. Percy looked affronted. How dare you? That is none of your business. It's crab, isn't it? Percy, chill. Um, (laughs) Well, get off to the dormitories. It's not safe to go wandering around here, around dark corridors these days. You are, Ron pointed out. I, said Percy, drawing himself up, am a prefect. Nothing's going to attack me. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. Which is untrue. Which is untrue, but like, untrue, okay. But yeah. Um, <laughs> a, bus- a voice suddenly echoed behind Harry and Ron. Draco Malfoy was strolling towards them, and for the first time in his life, Harry was pleased to see it. Ooh, excuse me. Pleased to see him. There you are, he drawled. Have you two been picking out in the Great Hall this all this time? I've been looking for you. I want to show you something really funny. He uh, glances at Percy. And what are you doing down here, Weasley? Percy looked outraged. You want to show a bit more respect to a school prefect. (laughs) I don't like your attitude. (laughs) Uh, Malfoy sneered and motioned for Harry and Ron to follow him. Harry almost said something apologetic to Percy, but caught himself just in time. He and Ron hurried after Malfoy. That Peter Weasley, Percy, Ron corrected him automatically. Whatever. I've noticed him uh, sneaking around a lot lately. I bet I know what he's up to. He thinks he's going to catch Slytherin's heir single-handed. He gave a short, derisive laugh. Um, Harry and Ron exchanged excited looks. Malfoy paused by a stretch of bare, damp stone. Uh, a, a stretch of bare, damp stone wall. What's the new password again? He asked. He said to Harry. Er, said Harry. <laughs> oh yeah, pure blood, which is like out of least, pocket. Um. It's out of pocket, but it's the least, um, like, Clever. original or, yeah, like, come on, bro. At least come up with something that, like... I think it's probably because it's, um, a stretch of bare, damp stone wall, so it's kind of hidden. Um. Totally, but I just so, mean, like, come up with a better... No, yeah, I'm not, right, password yeah. that's not, like, you know, obviously the people have to find the the common room first but like once they find it something that's not so predictable for some slytherins yeah you know what i mean seriously um they don't have like like the gryffindor the gryffindor tower um password isn't like bravery you know what i mean like that's just so like and it's always like super crazy which is why neville has to write them down which will bite him in the butt next book oh my god Okay. Um, um, the Slytherin common room was a long, low underground room with rough stone walls and ceiling from which round, greenish lamps were hanging on chains. A fire was crackling under an elaborately carved mantelpiece ahead of them, and several Slytherins were silhouetted around it in high-backed chairs. Wait here, said Malfoy. I'll go and get it. My father's just sent it to me. Um, wondering what Malfoy was going to show them, Harry and Ron sat down, doing their best to look at home. 
Malfoy came back a minute later, holding what looked like a newspaper clipping. He thrust it under Ron's nose. That'll give you a laugh. Um, so it was a clipping of the Daily Prophet. It said, inquiry, inquiry at the Ministry of Magic. Arthur Weasley, head of the Misuse of Muggle Artifacts Office, was fined 50 galleons for bewitching a muggle car. So one, they don't have that kind of money. So that's kind of... Yeah. That's a lot. Um, also, it's been a minute since they... It's been 12 whole chapters now. <laughs> it's been eight whole chapters since they took the car. But no, it's been like, you know, some Three months. Three months. But that's... Yeah, but that's like also... It's like bureaucracy. And yeah. Like judicial systems and stuff. Takes time. Um, Mr. Lucius Malfoy, a governor of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, where the enchanted car crashed earlier this year, called today for Mr. Weasley's resignation. Weasley has brought the ministry into disrepute, Mr. Malfoy t- told our reporter... He is clearly unfit to draw up our laws and his ridiculous Muggle Protection Act should be scrapped immediately, which is totally not subtle. Not at all. we need to get better at that. And it's like, it's just, it's the same thing as like Snape Snape (laughs) on some like, he's not telling us everything. We should ban him from Quidditch. Like, come on, dude. Clearly you have an ulterior motive here. Like, be a little bit more. He could have ended it at he is clearly unfit to draw up our laws. And even that's a little... But he could have stopped there as opposed to bringing in his, like, totally, you know what I mean? Muggle Protection Act. Scrap his, totally and completely scrap his Muggle Protection Act. Like, come on now. (laughs) Um, Mr. Weasley was unavailable for comment, although his wife told reporters to clear off or she'd set the family ghoul on them. Which, you know, go Molly. (laughs) (laughs) Molly 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 play. Um, (laughs) Well, don't you think it's funny? Ha ha, said Harry bleakly. Arthur Weasley loves Muggles so much he should snap his wand in half and go join them. You never know the Weasleys were pure bloods the way they behave. Ron, or rather Crab's face, was contorted with fury. What's up with you, Crab? snapped Malfoy. Stomach ache. Ron grunted. Well, go up to the hospital wing and give all those mudbloods a kick from me. You know, I'm surprised the Daily Prophet hasn't reported all these attacks yet. I suppose Dumbledore's trying to hush it all up. A decent headmaster would have never let... Er, Father's always said old Dumbledore is the worst thing that's ever happened in this place. He loves Muggleborns. A decent headmaster would have never let slime like that creepy in. It's so irritating because, like, part of that is true. Like, I suppose Dumbledore trying to hush it all up. He'll be sacked if it doesn't stop soon. Like, yes. yeah, you should tell the parents what's and going on. Should, and you should be sacked if, like, kids are being attacked under your watch and you haven't taken any precautions or closed right. the school until you figured it out or something. Um, like... But... Draco is really... He's doing not, too much. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. He doesn't care about that. He's, he cares about the, you know, he's like, they should know that, the, that something's happening and, like, mug bugs are being purged because he's a horrible 12-year-old yeah. kid. Who even thinks like that at 12? But even we go, and we go further. Malfoy started taking pictures of an imaginary camera and did a cruel but accurate impression of Colin. Potter, can I have your picture? Potter, can I have your autograph? Can I lick your shoes, please, Potter? It's like... He's so totally salty. Just full of salt. Sodium chloride. <laughs> What's the matter with you two? Um, he said as he looked at Harry and Ron. Far too late, Harry and Ron forced himself to laugh, but Malfoy seemed satisfied. Perhaps Crab and Goya were always slow on the uptake. St. Potter, the mudblood's friend. He's another one with no proper wizard feeling, or he wouldn't go around with that jumped-up Granger mudblood. And people think he's Slytherin's heir? Um, um, Harry and Ron waited with bated breath. Malfoy was surely seconds away from telling them it was him. But then, I wish I knew who it is, said Malfoy. I could help them. 
Um, so it's like he's not the heir. He's not killing my bloods, but he's he's pro killing. He's pro killing my bloods. He's pro killing. Exactly. If he could help, he, he would. Well. So he might as um, well be killing my bloods. Exactly. Ron's jaw dropped so that crab, crab looked even more clueless than usual. Fortunately, Malfoy didn't notice, and Harry, thinking fast, said, "You must have some idea who's behind it all." You know I haven't, Goyle. How many times do I have to tell you? And Father won't tell me anything about the last time the chamber was opened either. Of course, it was 50 years ago, so it was before his time. But he knows all about it, and he says it was all kept quiet, and it'll look suspicious if I know too much about it. But I know one thing. Last time the Chamber of Secrets was opened, a mudbud died. So I bet it's a matter of time before one of them's killed this time. I hope it's Granger. Um, You're horrible. Wait, Um, wait. He fed with relish. Right, so he like, like again, what or not even again? Just like, why? How? What kind of twelve year old wishes death on people? Like, in real life, that, people just, like I and, like, that's like, what I'm saying. like we not, sit like, here and we're like, uh, Snape, you should die, but Snape isn't real. Right. In the world of Harry Potter, Hermione is like the annoying girl that you share class with. You could be like, ugh, but go somewhere. But right. not go die. somewhere away from me. But not like die. <laughs> not go somewhere off of the earth. <laughs> Cease to exist. Go somewhere from life. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, leave life? Really? Really, Malfoy? That's a yeah. lot. That's a lot of hate. Um, also, um, I don't know. We never talk about... I, I just thought about this. We never talk about how... I mean, like, obviously it hasn't been um, revealed yet that Myrtle was the one who died. Mm-hmm. But, you know, spoiler-heavy podcast. We never talk about the fact that she was muggle-born. Yeah, we don't get very much into her background. She talks yeah. about, when, even when they go and ask her what happened and things, she just says, like, she was crying because people were making fun of her. Um, and she was in the bathroom. Uh, there isn't really... I don't... I, I wish I had... I could look it up. <laughs> but there... Right, exactly. Uh, there isn't really anything on uh, the Harry Potter wiki, I don't think, about her background. It just I think it just says that she's muggle-born. Um, yeah, and like that—that that hella sucks for. Um, I mean, like we we. Do we know what house she's talk... in? No, I would assume Hufflepuff. <laughs> I don't know why I assume Hufflepuff, but I do. I assume Hufflepuff too, but I was I wondering. Doubt, I highly doubt Gryffindor. At the very least, I doubt it's Gryffindor. Yeah, I think um, it, I think I assume Hufflepuff because she's like whiny, and so not brave or like her ghost self. But then that's yeah. also like she was a second year I, or a first year, so she's young. That's what I'm saying. And she's like bullied a lot. But yeah. Like, and so I don't know. I I just never thought Gryffindor, and I don't and I don't think Slytherin either. Yeah. Like she can be nasty, but like all everyone can be nasty. Yeah. You know what I mean, but also like uh, Neville first year is very much similar to Myrtle in terms of like a little confidence. Level. Yeah, and also just like a little bit like every like yeah actually yeah no because Neville has definitely more confidence issues than everyone's making fun of me for it's mm-hmm. like internalized um anyway but also like do you know if the person who opened the chamber last time was caught oh yeah whoever did this was expelled they're probably still in Azkaban um and this is the first time we hear about Azkaban mm-hmm. Azkaban, Azkaban oh. said Harry. Azkaban, the wizard prison, Goyle. Honestly, if you were any slower, you'd be going backwards. But I think this is like, important. He has hor- he's not a good friend. He doesn't have. He doesn't have friends, though. We talked about that. He has followers. Um, 
But I think this is also important because it goes into the fact that it's someone new. So it was, um, it can't be, because if you're thinking about it, like, if the person who opened it last time didn't get caught, then it, like, lowers it to, like, one of the teachers, probably McGonagall, right? Because who else is going to (laughs) be? Well, she wasn't there, um. 50 years ago. But they wouldn't really, but they wouldn't really know that, right? Like, I mean, I guess you could do the math, but I don't think it's, like, but either way, it would be, like, bins or you know what I, like it, it really lowers if it was bins bro that would be actually pretty <laughs> awesome um that would have been a great plot twist that would have made him so much more interesting you didn't see this one coming did you Mm-mm. um i deal in facts and history oh by the way <laughs> i'm the heir of yeah. <laughs> like what damn son damn like, students are bothering me with all these questions and expecting me to teach right. and be engaging kill yeah um <laughs> that would be a problem so um Father says to keep my head down and let the air slither and get on with it. He says the school needs ridding of all the mudblood filth and not to get mixed up in it. Of course, he's got a just lot on his plate. Classic mouthful. Yeah. Um, um, just like, you know, this just the... Don't get your I'm hands dirty. Yeah. Like, I'm going to support you, but like not, Aaron Burr. not actually be the one to do it. Wait for it, wait for it, wait. Um, kind of, but not... Well, I mean, like... I'm talking about the, like, musical adaptation. Like, I don't know Aaron Burr's life. Like, his real life. I don't know. <laughs> so am I. Um, but, yeah. But, like, yeah, I just feel like it's not totally, um, yeah, it's just, like, it's very much, like, I support you or whatever, but the minute it gets to be that, like, I'm in trouble, you know what I mean? The minute yeah. it becomes too risky, then I'm going to take a step back. Yeah. Because they, I care more about myself than I do about any cause. Which is yeah. actually also kind of reminiscent to Blaze and how he talked about, um, like, his, when uh, Lucius is outed as a Death Eater, like, he doesn't want anyone who's been caught being a Death Eater, even though Blaze kind of holds the same, the similar um, beliefs. Belief. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it's like, you know, people can, like, quietly support you and like that's actually how most of these like fascist things happen right it's like people who like Mm -hmm. silently believe in it or don't really believe in it but are close enough to that side that they're like i'm gonna you know side with them um to teach the establishment a lesson or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. very quintessential Malfoy, <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. It's it's very it's Malfoy. very Malfoy. <laughs> um, so you know the Ministry of Magic raided our manor last week. Luckily, they didn't find much. Father's got some very valuable dark art stuff, but luckily we've got our own secret chamber under the drawing room floor. Ho said Ron. John, <laughs> I, always, I always like when picture him going ho. <laughs> but also, like Malfoy has. I understand why Lucius isn't, like, telling Draco a lot of things, because, like, look at him, like, he's so worried about gloating and showing how important he is that he's just, like, saying whatever. And Crab and Goyle, while his friends and, like, his henchmen or whatever, they're not that smart, so they could easily be tricked into telling someone that or just slip, you know what I mean? They're not, like... Exactly. They're not strategic enough but I to, like... I don't know, do they talk much? actually don't know. I don't they, know. Like, actually, the first time Harry hears Crab talk is in Deathly Hollows. Like, mm. you know, other than through Ron. 
So I don't think they really talk much. Well, do they talk much to other Slytherins? You know what I mean? Or, Maybe. like, they're not really friends, and also their only interaction with Crabbe and Goyle is really in class. And obviously they're not talking much then, because they don't know what's happening. Um, True life. So, Malfoy looked at him, so did Harry. Ron blushed. Even his hair was turning red. His nose was slowly lengthening. Their hour was up. Ron was turning back into himself, and from the look of horror he was giving Harry, he must be too. They both jumped to their feet. Medicine for my stomach, Ron grunted, and without further ado, they sprinted the length of the Slytherin common room, hurled themselves at the stone wall, and dashed up the passage, hoping against hope Malfoy hadn't noticed anything. Which, Malfoy so self-absorbed that he probably didn't, but also, like, he should have. (laughs) And been like, oh, I might have said too much, or, you know. Exactly. But his brain probably also wouldn't jump to Polyjay's potion because that's not something that second year is doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, even if he knows what a Polyjay's potion is, like, that's definitely not, like, yeah. That wouldn't be anything that you, like, think possible. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a complete waste of time, Ron panted. Um, I know we still haven't found out who's doing the attacks, but I'm going to write Dad tomorrow and tell him to check under the Malfoy's drawing room. Hermione, come out. We've got loads to tell you, um, they said as Harry put his glasses back on and Ron hammered on the door. Go away. What's the matter, said Ron. You must be back to normal by now. We are. Um, Moaning Myrtle glided suddenly through the stall door. Harry had never seen her looking so happy. Ooh, wait till you see, she said. It's awful. What's up, said Ron uncertainly. Have you still got Millicent's nose or something? Hashtag justice for Millicent. Mm-hmm. Ron let her robes... Uh, Hermione let her robes oh. fall... And um, Ron backed into the sink. Her face was covered in black fur. Her eyes had turned yellow and there were long pointed ears poking through her hair. It was a cat hair, she howled. Millicent Bulstrode must have a cat and the potion isn't supposed to be used for animal transformations. Uh Uh-oh, said Ron. You'll be teased something dreadful, said Myrtle happily. Um, said Myrtle pettily. (laughs) (laughs) If that's even a word. Um, It's okay, Hermione, said Harry quickly. We'll take you up to the hospital wing. Madame Pomfrey never asks too many questions. Because she already know the answers. She a real one, bro. It's not even that. She's a real one. And she is a real one, but it's because she already knows the answers. She already you, knows. You second years. She's look at you and be like, you know what? I'm gonna let you oh, cook. Oh, this damn poly juice potion. Mm-hmm. Where did you even get this poly juice potion from? And she just be like, I'm gonna let you cook. Mm-hmm. But I know what you um, two, you second years are doing. up to. You ain't putting that <laughs> path in me I ain't seen before. For real. <laughs> Damn, all that Madame Pomfrey has seen, that's I would actually be like an awesome journal. Oh man. Like, Pomfrey just had a journal like these motherfuckers right here. Let like, me what are these kids? Dear diary. Let me tell you what these motherfuckers did today. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta regrow 33 bones in a night. <laughs> Do you know the kind of shit the Weasley twins tried to pull? Woo! <laughs> Had people lined um, up all down the hallways in the, in the hospital trying to fix things. They're puking pasties. Right. Mm. Um, it took a long time to persuade Hermione to leave the bathroom. Moaning Myrtle sped them on their way with a hearty guffaw. Wait till everyone finds out you've got a tail. <laughs> um, petty. Miserable, mo- moping, moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle. So, who is your MVP? Uh, Hermione. Okay. Like, even though she messed up a little bit, like, she's the only reason they were able to get to that point in the first place. And, like, obviously, they're, you know, I feel like their second years, something had to go wrong. Um, Like, if they would have done this in, like, three years, 
everything would have been smooth. Yeah. Like, no problems. But, you but know. Also, I think, I think yeah, that- she's just way, she's, like, super ridiculously smart. Like, who in their right yeah. mind would be, like, be able to successfully but also kind of, make a poly kind situation? of was thinking as you said that, that it's kind of like something had to go wrong. Because it's like an answer of she kind of is too smart, like too smart, where she's so confident, right. and which is like not a bad thing, right? She's very confident in the, uh, her ability to do these things that she mm-hmm. just takes for granted. Like, oh, there's a hair, you know, obviously, do you know right. what I mean? So like, I feel like it's kind of like... It's like jumping to conclusions rather than like actually physically like ripping a hair out of, girl, out of homegirl's Yeah. Hair. But also just kind of the idea that, like, you can be very smart and do everything right, but, like, that doesn't mean that... Still miss Yeah, something. that doesn't mean that everything's going to work out smoothly all the time. So, my MVP was Hagrid, but I kind of want to switch it to Madame Pomfrey, and I'm going to. Okay. Because <laughs> this is, like, an all... Like, this is an all-star MVP, all-time, series-wide MVP, lifetime achievement award of... We all want to be like Madame Pomfrey. Right? Like, we've already, like, she's grown 33 bones back. Like, she's just like. She's not even in this chapter, but I'm going to just let you do She's doing the, she does the most with, like, she's always just, like, up and ready to go with whatever these children bring to her. And I just, I mean, it, it helps so much more now that I see Miranda Bailey um, when we talk about <laughs> Madame Pomfrey, so I kind of like, I like also just really react to her more. But yeah, like Madame Pomfrey never asked too many questions because y'all are always in her hospital with some bullshit. True. And she is just like, let me get to work, let me fix you up, and like get you out of my hospital as quickly as possible because right behind you comes some other person with some bullshit. And I ain't got right. time. I wonder what she does when it's, like, a slow day. She probably, like, catches up on her reading and shit. Right? She, <laughs> She'd probably be chilling. I swear, like, I think she's probably, like, a multimillionaire. I think she invented Skelligro. Maybe. In my head canon, she did. And so she's just watching her stories, reading. Chilling, because she got all the money. She's like, I like the kids, so. Yeah. A lot of kids, so just help them out. Matter of fact, a lot of kids. Dumbledore, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Not a popular lot of kids. Oh man, we are a problem. Um, okay, who did you bench? <laughs> Malfoy, because what is wrong Same. with him? He's horrible. Like there's like, does Narcissa know the kind of monster that she's created? And I mean, like Lucius doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like. That's, that's the same. That's mini Lucius. That's little Lucius. Well, this is also Lil like Lucius. the flip side of <laughs> but like, um, the Dursley coin. Again, like, he is what Dudley would be if... Well, we kind of talked about this already, but, like... Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, I like, a, a little bit better because they actually have standards. Like, Lucius actually holds him to certain standards, but... Um, I just don't understand... And it's, like, it is at this point, like, you're 12. You're not innocent by any means. Like, you should be questioning this kind of stuff. And I mean, like, I'm sure he was also bluffing. Like, I don't think he would have, like, what was he doing? Oh, yeah, I mean, and we find this out later, and he's older, and so he does even more, I think, have, like, his own moral compass than he does at 12. But, like, he talks a big game, but he doesn't, like, follow through with it. But even, like, the talking the game is problematic, right? Like... 
Totally. You're like spreading hatred and wishing death on people and like what? What? Like even if you're just talking, that's a lot. It's a lot and it's not okay. No. And someone needs to punch him in the mouth. Hermione. Totally. In Hermione. Just from straight yep. face. Um <laughs> Yeah, he needs a he needs he's a little rough enough. Yeah. Um have a seat, Sarah. Boy. <laughs> Some. Thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> next week, we will be discussing Chapter 13, The Very Secret Diary. It's getting real, y'all. Um, it's getting real. Make, yeah, make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Robin is keeping track, so when at the end, um, in like our final episode for the book, then we'll like name the overall MVP and like benched for the who whole wins book. The, so, who wins and loses the entire book and it yeah. won't be Madame so Pompey sure like, but she got and stuff and then we're just gonna like take a tally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can add us at We Black and Nerds and uh, use the hashtag wizard team. There's some really great stuff going on too on the wizard team hashtag and it's not always and most of it, I would say, the majority of it isn't coming from Bayana and myself. It's coming from you guys. So I, like, saw two listeners engage in a conversation with each other, and it made my little, like, I'm a community manager in my uh, other life, so it made my little community heart, like, flood with happiness. And I'm thinking about, <laughs> like, all of the different ways that we can, like, really get this, like, foster the sense of community. One of those ways is that you submit to Hogwarts BSU, but that's, you know, whatever. You do you. Um... Yeah, but, like, check in on the hashtag every once in a while, especially, like, right after a new episode drops, because you guys have some, like, really amazing thoughts to, and you bring, like, really great stuff into the conversation, so, um, we appreciate you, and, yeah, at we Black and Nerds hashtag wizard team. Yep. We'll see you next week. Um, yep, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.